Career Reality Builder, episode 2007. Yeah, for all those who didn't get that out there, that would be a Recovery Elevator, episode 277. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Paul Churchill. Thank you so much for joining myself. And that was my three-year-old nephew, Kylan, for the intro. Hey, Kylan, can you say, what's up, Recovery Elevator? What's up? All right. Okay. Good to have you, Kylan. On today's podcast, we've got, oh, wait a second, I'm supposed to be building hype, so we're just going to wait till we get to the interview. Hey guys, a couple things I want to mention. Costa Rica, our alcohol-free travel trip is back. We are currently working on getting the dates set, and you guys are going to be the first to know when this trip is taking place and when registration is opening up. I don't know about you, but I could sure use some quality time with my AF peeps on the beach. Maybe a couple sunset meditations, some paddle boarding, uh, some cloud forest, maybe some monkeys the jungle. Come on, universe, work with me here. Ditching the booze, the what, the why, and the how. We're going to be running this course again in August and November, and these courses are included with Cafe RE membership. And guys, you don't have to wait till August or November to get your accountability started. Hey guys, we have a great sponsor lined up for the show today. And a great way to support this podcast is by picking up products from our sponsors. So today, let's hear from Groovy. Groovy is a new line of craft, non-alcoholic beers and wines out of Colorado. Groovy strives to create an inclusive community focused on making better choices within our daily lives. They truly believe in a world where we don't feel inclined to drink alcohol in social settings and where everyone can feel comfortable regardless of what's in their cup. Groovy's products include a variety of craft beers such as an IPA, Stout, Weiss, Lager, and an alcohol-free 0.0 Prosecco. The team at Groovy understands that non-alcoholic beers and wines aren't for everyone in their recovery journey, but can be a great tool for others. If you think this would be a good option for you and are interested in giving them a try, they've generously provided the discount code RECOVERYELEVATOR, there's a space there, for 15% off your orders. You can learn more at www.getgroovy.com. Again, that's getgroovy.com, G-R-U-V-I for Groovy, and use the promo code RECOVERYELEVATOR, there's a space, for 15% off your orders. All right, let's get started. Last week, we discussed how far we've come, which is damn far, and today I'd like to share with you some short-term plans for Recovery Elevator and Cafe RE, and then some not-so-near future goals, and then some moonshots. All right, so for short-term, as we covered last week, I'm taking a break from the podcast. I'd like to A, take a break, read a couple damn brown books by the pool perhaps, and B, I'd like to focus on the Recovery Elevator YouTube channel. I'd like to create more meditations. Again, that's where I make the music and do the narrations. I've had a lot of fun with that already. I think I've made three or four. And then for our retreats, I want to perform these meditation tracks live. It's almost, almost like get a meditation band together, right? That's going to be fun. It should be, should be a lot of fun. We're going to collectively raise our energies. This was the plan for the Denver live event this June. Not happening. Insert COVID. And that's okay. We'll pick back up at a later date. One to three year plans. I can't get the idea of a recovery elevator retreat center or a recovery elevator home base of sorts out of my head. I've asked a couple times on the podcast if you guys would attend an in-person recovery elevator retreat center. 
Both times I've asked this, I've been flooded with emails from listeners who'd like to attend. And this idea has been swirling around in the dome for a couple of years now. So I'm going to start exploring this idea more and more. I'm thinking perhaps Southwest USA, maybe Southwest Colorado, perhaps near Sedona in the Red Rocks. I'm thinking maybe in the mountains of Mexico, perhaps the coast. I'm also thinking Costa Rica. I don't want to place too much energy on the location because I have a feeling this retreat center may just find me or show up. In fact, let me tell you a cool story. So when the podcast has been downloaded almost 5 million times, you run into people that are strangers all across the globe that have heard your podcast. And I've had several fun encounters with people. For example, I was on the meditation retreat cruise this last October and uh, with Joe Dispenza, and we're wearing name tags. And someone walks up to me, they look at my name tag, and they're like, are you uh, Paul Churchill, the, the podcast guy? And so if you know what's happening here, they're also burning a ship, right? So for a lot of listeners, their deepest, darkest secret is the fact that they want to quit drinking. They have a drinking problem. So for this gal to say that, you know, she's like whispering it to me, right? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and I think this person was actually holding a beer at the time. So you can see that it took courage for this person to even mention that. But this last week, let me share with you my favorite story. All right, so there's a gal walking on a bike path in Colorado listening to the Recovery Elevator podcast. She hears the plug about the Denver live event taking place this June, and she goes, you know what? I'm two hours away from Denver. I need to go home and sign up for this retreat. This is a sign. So while she's walking on the bike path, um, a gentleman with his standard poodle walks by, and this gentleman waves to this girl. Now, this is taking place in a small town, so everybody waves to each other. Um, and as she continues to listen to this podcast, later on, the podcast host goes, you know, uh, I'm here in Edwards, Colorado with my standard poodle, Ben. I'm here for quarantine, staying at my parents' house. And then she puts two and two together. She goes, oh my God, I think I just walked past the Recovery Elevator podcast host and he said hi to me. So she went home and she Googled, uh, she Googled me and saw my photo with my dog, Ben, and she's like, holy crap, that was him. She reaches out to me. We get on a phone call together, um, and she works for a government agency that helps small businesses connect with, with resources to help, to help grow and scale. But the second half of the conversation, we're talking about one of her previous jobs, which was to help scout retreat centers for her previous employer. So you can imagine where that conversation shifted towards, and she's already been helping me um, explore this idea. I mean, how cool is that? All right, let's talk about long-term goals for RE. Right now, we have four cafe RE groups that are capped at 350 to 400 to ensure intimacy, and the fifth group is scheduled to launch either in August, September, or January 1st, 2021. You've heard me say before that you're all part of something bigger, which you are. You're all part of a global waking up of sorts, and there's no reason we can't have 10 Cafe RE groups, 20, 50, 100, 500 groups. Why not? Can you imagine the fun we'd have at our in-person events where we all have the freedom and space to be the most authentic version of ourselves? You guys, I think it's only a matter of time before normal drinkers say, wait a second, I'm sick of my pretentious, disconnected social media feed, and I also want a place where I can open up and connect with others on a deeper level. So hang on a sec. I don't plan on opening up Cafe RE groups for normal drinkers, 
But the point I'm trying to make is that I have little tolerance or about the patience my nephew Kylan has for normal surface level social media news feeds. My heart and soul crave those deeper connections that exist in the AF world. All right, let's talk about live events for a second. There's no reason, well, actually COVID, work with me here. There's no reason that we can't do retreats and live group meditations in large venues, coliseums, stadiums, while it's streamed on YouTube for those who can't attend. You guys, it's time to stop being small. So can you guys help me with this? Can you help me put these ideas, these visionary goals into the field? Can you dedicate a couple minutes a day for me and start visualizing and start placing this into the field with me? You guys, I'm 100% serious here. Let's put some of these universal laws to test and let's use the magic of numbers because we're all building this together. And after all, let's ask ourselves this question. What's the best thing that could happen? So I do want to insert something. Like I said last episode, what we've accomplished already is enough. We're just fine the way Recovery Elevator is, the way we are right now, but let's build something magical here. Overall, we've got possibilities, and you're going to hear that again later in this episode. Some of these things previously mentioned should happen. Some of them probably will. Some of them maybe not, and that's not really the point. The point is that anything is possible in a life without alcohol. When drinking, I was funneled into a handful of gloomy life outcomes. Now, and at this moment, infinite pathways exist, and they all lead towards wholeness, light, and the true, authentic self. And before we hear from, ooh, that almost slipped out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one almost just rolled off the tongue. So before we hear from the new voice, let's hear from my favorite resource, Cafe A-R-E. When departing from alcohol, here are the two main keys to success. You need a supportive, loving community, and you have to create accountability with others who have the same goal in mind. Whether you want to ditch the booze for a month, a year, or are simply sober curious, you'll get both of these in Cafe A-R-E. These groups are unsearchable on Facebook. Who is in the group and what is said can only be seen by members. You get 24-7 access to a group full of others whose priority it is to live an alcohol-free life. These groups are capped at under 400 members to ensure quality connection. In Cafe RE, you'll find that quitting drinking can be fun. For $19 a month, you get access to the community, get paired with an accountability partner, attend educational online webinars, online discussions, attend in-person meetups, participate in book club, movie club, and more. You'll also get discounts to retreats and sober travel trips. 15% of monthly fees goes towards our service project where we work with a nonprofit helping those who have been affected by addiction, and another portion goes to the in-person meetups. Go to recoveryelevator.com and use the promo code OPPORTUNITY to waive the setup fee. Again, use the promo code OPPORTUNITY to waive the setup fee. I hope to see you there. Ah, listeners, our time is coming to an end. And I want you to know I thought a lot about this transition. And I wouldn't select just anyone to continue on with this message. I want to let you know that you are in good hands. Recovery Elevator, I'd like to welcome, hey, real quick, did you guys know that Third Eye Blind just announced their summer 2020 dates with all this COVID stuff? I mean, that, that band is so badass. You know what I mean? Seriously. Okay. Sorry about that one. Recovery Elevator, I'd like to welcome, wait, real, real, real quick, hey, hey, sorry, I know, I know, but did you guys know that turtles are the longest living land animal? 
I mean, it's over a hundred years long. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I just want you to let you know, this is tough. I'm, 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 I'm burning a ship here and I'm stepping outside my own comfort zone. So here we go. Recovery elevator. Let's welcome Odette to the podcast. Odette, how are you? Hi, Paul. I'm super excited to be here. How are you today? Uh, Odette. Ah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here and I'm, I'm nervous for this interview for so many reasons. Uh, and listeners, I even sent Odette a text message today saying, can we, can we postpone this a little bit? Because this represents a, a monumental leap for, for myself personally, where I'm, I'm handing something off to you and I'm, and I'm stepping into the unknown, right? So you hear me talking about the known and the unknown and the power of the unknown. That's where sobriety is located. That's where your new life is located. And as this date approached the unknown for me, I was like, Oh, Hey, Odette, let's, uh, let's, how's next week look for you? And you're like, yeah, it could work, Paul, but let's, I'm really excited to do it today. So here we are today, Odette. It's great to be with you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. A little bit nervous, very excited. And like you, it's a transition, it's change. And I know this is going to be amazing, but it is also an unknown for me. And I know how important this is to you. And I know that we have a friendship. So I was also thinking, should I, maybe we should give it another week. Maybe, maybe I could rehearse better. Maybe, but you know what? You got to start, you got to say yes and figure it out on the way. So I figured we could just get it over with because we always have so much fun on these interviews regardless. So I'm glad you didn't postpone more. <laughs> yeah. And I think had we made this change pre-COVID, it would have been a massive change. However, we've all been given a heaping dose of the unknown and we've been practicing this, this, this concept of change so much in the last two to three months that, that right now they're like, okay, change on the podcast, a new voice, let's do this. So I even think the timing is well with that. But before I talk to you about your new plans with the podcast, the topics that you want to want to cover, what listeners can expect when they tune in every Monday, same time, right? You're going to release Monday? Same time, every Monday, TGIM. What does that mean? Thank God it's Monday. Oh, okay. I've not heard that. Anybody say that? So TJ, I am. Okay. All right. And, and the right there, that question, I was like, are we still coming out on Mondays? I have given up full control of this podcast. Another great learning opportunity for myself. And Odette, this is your baby here. But before we hear about your future plans, let's cover the basics. A, a quick summary uh, of your journey since our last interview, which was episode 231, when you had six months away from alcohol. Since then, you've hit a year on December 18th of last year, 2019, you hit a year. So we're approaching a year and a half. Let's do the basics real quick, Odette. When was your last drink? I'll let you answer that question. Yeah, my last drink was December 17th, 2018. And Odette, Give listeners a little background about yourself, maybe where you're from, what you do for a living, do you have a family, and most importantly, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah, so I am in San Diego. I'm originally from Mexico, but I've been here for coming up on a decade, and I live with my husband. I have two kids and a dog, and we love California and love the outdoors for fun. I love learning about tea. I love puzzling. I feel like I'm an old soul. Don't want to call myself grandma at heart, but kind of. And I love cooking as well. 
and I also love running. And lately I've been super into, into my Peloton bike. There we go. And what have you been up to for the last 40 or so weeks from episode 231 to now? Give us an update on your life, where you're at on this journey, what themes you've been encountering, and how's it been as a parent in COVID? And how's, how have you stayed sober through this? Gosh, I have never been as grateful for my recovery as I am today during these crazy times. I mentioned in the other two episodes that I've been interviewed on, but I've, I'm also on recovery from my eating disorder. And I'm coming up on 500 days sober, which is a big milestone. I'm not huge on counting days, but it feels really good to be nearing 500. And I mean, I hit, I hit a year last December. And I do feel like year one was just like relearning habits and restructuring life. I feel like for a lot of us, that first year is getting through every holiday, through every social outing. What are you going to do after work? What did you used to do after work and what are you going to replace it with? And a lot of those intricacies of just day-to-day, day-to-day routine. And now that, I'm, that I've been in year two for almost six months, I feel like a lot of deeper stuff is coming out. A lot of stuff that was hidden beneath the surface and a lot of themes that I've had to kind of struggle with in the past of self-worth and relationship dynamics and boundaries and all of these, these things that require for us to just take a deeper look and a more honest gaze in the mirror and kind of yucky and hard. I do feel like that comes with year two. And luckily that's when our routines feel good and hopefully the cravings are less but i feel like i'm in the middle of a lot of growing pains just with myself Uh, i've been looking at like the darker parts of me that i that in the past i was ashamed of but i realized they're not going anywhere i have to accept myself fully Um, like i said a lot of boundaries and just deeper dynamics i feel like that's where i'm at right now so when you said the darker parts of you is this something on your journey you said hey i'm ready i'm gonna go looking for these darker parts of you or they've just shown up on their own they've shown up and i feel like i'm a perfectionist in recovery as well i feel like a part of me always thought that if i just went through the checklist of recovery and these are the things that you need to do um, that those would just go away instead of um learning more about them and learning to accept them and learning to manage them. And I do feel like loving yourself entirely requires this analysis of these parts that are part of you. And we all have these parts of ourselves. So I kind of stopped thinking that shoving them aside or that they would disappear. I've stopped thinking that way because I, I don't think that was really working for me. And Odette, can you cover some of the pain points that led you to an alcohol-free life? Maybe was it a rock-bottom moment? Get us a little bit up to speed before your sobriety date or before your alcohol-free date of December 18th, 2018. You know, I've never really been someone who experiences deja vus, but to me, drinking felt like a big deja vu of my previous addiction, which like I mentioned was eating disorder. It just felt like I've walked this path. Um, I was a daily drinker at that point when I decided to attempt to quit drinking. And I just felt like there was something inside of me saying, if you keep walking this path, which 
you already know how this ends deep down. It's going to end terribly. And at that point, I had two kids, um, a life that from the outside looked like nothing was wrong, but I knew that the cost was too high to risk it. So I didn't have like this rock bottom moment that I can share. It was more of an emotional rock bottom, if you could call it that. I just knew in my gut, like, you need to do this or you're going to regret it, basically. Can you cover a little bit more about that feeling in the gut, right? So some of us need that rock bottom moment. And for you, it was an emotional rock bottom, it sounds like. In the first interview we did on episode 128, you had a week away from alcohol. And I don't think that was your sobriety date. Am I correct on that? Okay, so you had to have some sort of distance internally, some sort of space around the drinking to play the tape forward because there's a lot of people are like, look, I know what's going to happen if I keep drinking but they keep drinking. You know, they have doctors tell them if you keep drinking X, Y, and Z will happen, but the change isn't made. Can you, can you zoom in a little closer on that feeling where you, you were able to see it with more clarity? Yeah. You know what? I, I honestly praise and I'm super thankful for Cafe RE and people in my recovery circle because I felt like conceptually I was understanding all these terms of like, cognitive dissonance every morning I would wake up and say like I'm not going to drink today and then by five o'clock I would drink again or looking forward to that happy hour and as a mom I feel like drinking is glorified and there's this whole wine mommy culture and and you need drinking to survive quote unquote but I just felt like being in being in recovery ruined drinking for me I knew that I wasn't fooling anyone but myself and and I did field research and I I couldn't put the blindfold back on. Basically I couldn't, I just, I couldn't, I tried and, and I couldn't, and I got angry when I couldn't because I, all I've wanted to do my whole life was just to be normal. And, and I've always felt like one of my internal stories is you're crazy. You're the crazy one. You're the crazy one. And I'm like, no, like, I just want to be normal and drinking is normal in our cultures. So I felt like you're going to go and do that one thing that always will make you the odd bird yet again, but I couldn't, I couldn't go back. And I just knew that I needed to do that. My internal knowing told me that I needed to stay sober and stay the course. Yeah. Couldn't go back. There's something internally that, that recognizes you, you can go back, but you, but you don't want to. In fact, you understand that's taking step backwards. And that's when it's alcohol has been ruined for me. I have ruined alcohol for <laughs> thousands and Odette, you are going to ruin alcohol for thousands as well. Uh, and listeners, for a more in-depth uh, history about Odette, go back to episode 128 and then episode 231. And Odette, I imagine you're going sh- you're, you're to throw in some snippets and interviews and some introductions about your journey as well. Yeah, I'll definitely share some anecdotes. I feel like for me, I like relating to people and I feel like that's what gives me a lot of strength is when I hear my story and other people's stories. So of course, I'll be sharing little nuggets of maybe memories or anecdotes along the way. But yes, uh, feel free to tune into the previous episodes and I'll be sharing little by little more on the podcast in this upcoming time. Yeah. Are you going to be sharing the value bombs that you're experiencing in, in almost real time as well? Yeah. You know, I, I like sharing the cliff notes of what, what I'm either reading or what I'm either listening to. I, lo- I do a lot of that in our groups in Cafe RE. I am a member and I've been a member for almost three years So I definitely think that adding value in terms of 
these aha moments that I get and sharing them with the community is something that I'll definitely be doing with everyone. Odette, I'm asking for listeners and I'm also asking for myself, what can we expect to hear when we tune in on Mondays? What are, can you give us some examples of topics or some themes you want to cover? Of course. Yeah, I, I definitely want to focus on practical tips and recovery tools. I have this visual of me wearing this like huge belt, pr- probably purchased at like Home Depot or something where you can put all of these tools. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, okay, this is my super recovery tool belt. And what am I going to add? What am I going to learn? I am a learning, learner at heart. And I love discovering new tools and, and figuring out what's working for other people. And I, I do like experimenting and I do feel like recovery should be fun and we should see it as an experiment. So I will definitely be sharing some practical tips and recovery tools, but I also really love diving deeper into spiritual concepts and maybe how we can bring those into our practical life, fun facts, anecdotes, history. I kind of want to do a little bit of everything and just share with our amazing audience. And I'm also even thinking about throwing out some polls and bringing it, bringing in some, some ideas from other people in our community and hearing from others as well. So I want to get creative with this. I want to have fun for sure. Same format or a similar format. Are you going to cover a topic and then an interviewee? Yeah, I want to start with an introduction the way that, that you have in the past. And of course, we'll be continuing to interview people every week, different people, different sobriety dates, different walks of life. And I'll be most likely playing around with the questions and the topics, but for now, similar, similar format. Okay. All right. For now, for now, for now, (laughs) for now, for now, similar questions, but, but Odette, I want this to be you for the next 52 episodes. And again, listeners, um, she has signed up for 52 episodes. I know everybody is going to support you. This is the most supportive, uh, listener base that I've ever come across. So you know that, right? You're supported. Yeah. I know I'm supported and I'm super grateful. Are you nervous? Are you anxious? Are you excited? What are you feeling? I mean, I am. I, I, I'm nervous and excited and scared. And a lot, of, a lot of my own healing and my own journey, I think, can be reflected for all of us. It's reflected in the work that we do. What's going on inside of us is reflected in the tasks that we do, the work that we do, the things that we share. So I am an open book and I'm an extrovert. If you have like seen any of my posts on Instagram or know me personally, I love talking and I love sharing but it's different when you're putting yourself behind a microphone and you have such an amazing audience and a huge following. I mean, you've worked so hard for the last almost 300 episodes. So I definitely do feel like there's a little bit of nervousness there because I know how much this means to you, how much this means to people. I mean, these are lives, these are journeys. And I just, I really just hope to add value, share commonalities, share love, and just let people know that we are here for them because you and I have been talking and this is about not just you or I, this is about a community. This is about a movement. This is about helping people. So I just really hope that that's the underlying message that's being conveyed, but also keeping it light and fun, you know, like not taking our life so seriously, especially during these times. I want to make sure that this is a window of light for people who are tuning in and listening to the podcast. You, so you say, keep it light, keep it fun. And we call this rule 22 
on the Recovery Elevator podcast. Talk to us about the importance of involving laughter and self-compassion and joy in Rule 22 on this journey. Gosh, I really, I don't see any other way. I was raised by amazing parents and my dad in particular is extremely silly, extremely silly. And I'm so grateful to that because no matter what was going on or what challenge we had, I I feel like I was just always looking up at someone who was flawed and things got hard. But at the same time, there was a way to remind us that there was something good and something to laugh at and that you can't solve all of the problems in a day. You will get the strength for today's problems today. So then when you are done with today, what's there left but to have fun? I feel like we're all carrying a backpack and it's up to us to decide if you're going to add rocks on top of all that stuff that's already in there. Are you going to add more weight to it or are you going to lighten it up? And that's, that's a choice. I do think that that's a choice and I, and I have bad days. I have a lot of people who talk about my optimism and I'm always uppy and I mean, I struggle with depression, but I do credit myself for still always finding fun because life's too short and this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is it, people. So I just, it's important to me to have fun. It's just a priority to me. That's why it's part of my life because I've made it a priority. Dad, I'm excited to be part of your journey and watch the lessons that you're going to learn while doing the podcast. Ari, Recovery Elevator, the podcast, the communities, the people I've met have been hands down the best teachers that I could have ever asked for. And I cannot wait to, I think I'm going to subscribe to my own podcast here. I cannot wait to tune in every Monday and listen to what you're going through personally, because I know you're going to relay this stuff. Um, And and listeners, we're on group chats. Odette is so well-versed in this literature, in this topic. We get, I get photos of books that are just highlighted from top to bottom, um, like for years now. And I cannot wait to hear the, the, the information that she's going to disseminate to this audience. And another question, is it going to be in Spanish or English? My fingers are crossed here. Which, which language are you going to do this in? You guys are all going to have to learn Spanish. I'm sorry. Sorry to uh, break it to you, but download that Duolingo app. And maybe we can get a code for listeners, a discount code. <laughs> well, I'm going back to Oaxaca, obviously. <laughs> Take language classes. I knew there was a reason for that. That was the reason, guys. <laughs> It will be in English, but maybe this is an opportunity for the future. Who knows? Maybe we'll one day do an episode in Spanish. But can you say something to those listeners who are bilingual or maybe a listener? Because I've had emails from Spanish speakers. You can tell in the email, it's like, all right, they're struggling to listen and struggling to write this email. Say something in Spanish to those listeners. Claro. Son bienvenidos aquí y escríbanme. Ahorita les voy a dejar mi correo, pero escríbanme. Igual hacemos un episodio en español o hacemos una colaboración con un podcast mexicano. Pero quédense aquí conectados, aunque hablen más español que inglés. I had no idea your favorite ride at Disneyland was the Matterhorn. Is that what you just said? (laughs) It was kind of. You almost got it, Paul. You were so close. I thought... I mean, I was doubting your Spanish, but you got it. You got it. Back to the drawing board I go is in back to Oaxaca. More <laughs> language classes. And no, she said, reach out to me. And, and listeners, she does have an email address. It's odet at recoveryelevator.com. If you want to share your story 
on the podcast. It's you can email her or you can email info at recoveryelevator.com. And it's, it's not going to go through me. It's all up to Odette for the next 52 episodes. And, and this is a big unknown for me. As I mentioned earlier, I tried to postpone this episode a couple times just so I could stay in my known, in my comfort zone for a while because um, there's other things that I want to do, but it's in the, it's the unknown, right? This podcast, 277 episodes straight is the known. It works. It's a weekly routine for me. So thank you for allowing me, giving me that opportunity to step outside of my comfort zone. And it's scary, right? You're doing it too. It's scary, but I'm especially thankful that you're trusting me and trusting that you're supported as well, because you know, you're supported, right? I do. I do. <laughs> Okay, good. And I honestly, we've been talking about me way too long. I think that I'm going to put you on the hot seat. It's my turn to interview you. I want a couple of questions answered because I'm sure our listeners still are curious about what's going on in Paul's world. So can I get a little practice and ask a few questions now? Uh, real quick. Yeah, let me, let me go through my notes here. I, I see you have gone off script. Um, I'm the interviewer. You are the interviewee. But if you do demand practice, I guess that does have some practical purpose here, then fire away, as uh, Pat Benatar would say, would say with your best <laughs> shot, I guess. I got it. I got it. Con mi, con mi mejor canasta. Vámonos. All right. Ready? Listo? Let's go. Yeah, let's okay. do this, I think. Yep. All right, let's go. All right. So a lot of us heard about you stepping down in March, taking a break. Can you share a little bit more about what that has meant to you and, and where you're at right now? Just fill us in a little bit. Didn't happen. Next question. <laughs> okay. Okay. We, we, could, we, could, we could cover that one. Uh, podcast listeners, you may have heard in some previous episodes where I said the Denver event will be the last event. And in fact, Denver's not even happening. Uh, that's supposed, that would have happened like four or five days from now. That event was canceled. So two episodes in a row, I said, this is the last recovery elevator event. And you could hear it in my voice. It was with a heavy heart. For some reason, Odette, um, we struggle asking for help. And there was a time there where, number one, I felt I needed a, I knew I needed a break. I've been doing this for 200 and now 77 straight Mondays in a row. And anybody would recognize that. And when I announced to the community, I was shown nothing but unconditional love and support saying, Paul, yeah, you get it. You take a break. But I, I just didn't see in my limited scope of, of the different options of me taking a break. The plan was to wrap it up after Denver. I've been doing this for five years. Um, take me and my standard poodle, Ben, hit the, hit the road and go start a new project, which was going to be more in a spiritual direction. What I didn't see was that so many people were ready to make this transition with me. And I was I thought I had to start over again for some reason. And it was like, I, I felt like I had to do everything on my own. And so it was easier for me to almost close up the project instead of asking for help and handing off tasks. So let me say that again. It was almost easier for me to just wrap it up instead of me asking for help and delegating and offloading some of the things that I've been doing. So I announced to the group and I was showered with praise and the plan was to keep the groups open. I just wasn't going to be charging the credit cards. And there were some legitimate questions and concerns that people had. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. And then insert the pan, COVID, and I was almost reinvigorated. I almost, I, I, I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but I knew the community had to rally together. And it wasn't that I was like, okay, now I can't step down because of COVID. The opposite happened, that our community rallied so hard together that 
it was difficult for me at times, but I loved that time as well. How we all came together as a community. So with me stepping down, people sent me emails saying, have you thought about this? I said, no. And we, we I restructured things. We're doing 15% of monthly fees goes to a nonprofit. We've got more uh, resources dedicated to independent meetups. We have a new voice for the podcast, which we're hearing right now. We've established a committee. We've had um, at this moment, it comes out, we've had two meetings of 15 of the of recovery rock stars that I had met on this journey where we are going to take Recovery Elevator. I cannot wait, Odette. And, and I am going to be taking a break. I don't know what that's going to look like for Paul Churchill. Yes, Seinfeld in the third person right there. I don't know what that's going to look like because I no. love this work so much. I know. I think you're still trying to figure out what break actually means, but I'm going to rewind a little bit. And listeners, I don't know if you are putting two and two together the way that I am, but it seems to me that from what you shared, and thank you, that was vulnerable, you also were kind of struggling with the darker parts of you that maybe you don't label them as darker parts, but closing the project instead of asking for help. I mean, maybe we don't label it as a dark part, but I mean, look at what comes of asking for help. And that's so hard to do. And maybe that's something that you had to learn through this journey. So here we are. And it feels like you're also reconciling a lot of those parts that you want to change and you want to do differently and you want to be open to receiving. And that may be new for you. So that's awesome. I hope, do you feel good about all of this? I know it's been hard, but overall, how do you feel? I feel incredible Odette and there's a universal law that your inner inner environment matches the external environment in the last year and a half I've done the most profound personal and spiritual growth I've done on my journey yet and the external environment which is lined up with the new the, the committee the new panel um, I'm opening I'm, I'm opening up and I've covered the heart opening that I've gone through personally in my life this last year and some change a little over a year um, has mirrored, has shown up in the outside environment as well. Uh, and okay, <laughs> the last three months were, it was almost like a cleansing of anything that wasn't at that high vibration. So when I quit drinking, when I quit drinking um, the, for the first 72 hours, I know a lot of people can relate to this. There was a night or two where there was no sleep and the, the bed sheets would be soaked in sweat. Okay. I hadn't experienced that until I, until I quit drinking in 2014. There were some nights in December, in January, when I woke up and I was completely soaked in sweat. And I've, I've chatted with a counselor about this. I've done Google searches about this, but the body was purging. The body was cleansing things that didn't need to be there anymore. And I almost had to feel these, these emotional uh, pangs. I mean, there were some intense emotional swings. The beauty of it, Odette, was with this journey, I was one step removed from it. And I was, I was able to almost lean into it and say, what else do you got? Is that it? Is there anything left? It was difficult, but never for a second was a drink on the table. And I knew I just had to feel it. And there was a, there was a time in Oaxaca, Mexico, where I sat on a bench for five hours, just sat, just waited. It was like, you know, this too shall pass. It's uncomfortable. And just waited it out. Yeah, I know you, you had a year full of travels and, and adventures. So I'm going to line it up a little bit with my next question. But what, what was a fun anecdote or something that you recall in your memory really freshly about your trip? Like any favorite place you visited in the last year? I know you were kind of all over the place. We had some ongoing joke about where on earth is Paul Churchill? Because we didn't know where you were. Some days you were in Mexico, some days you were in New Zealand, some days you were on a cruise with Joe Dispenza and uh, a lot of 
a lot of listeners who follow on your Instagram were very curious as to where you were and what was next up on travels. Anything fun? What was your favorite part of all the traveling lately? Okay, we had a sober travel trip, an alcohol-free trip to Thailand and Cambodia, and I watched a gal leaning on top of an elephant in the water. The elephant would lie down sideways, and we were scrubbing the elephant, and this gal lied on top of the elephant, and the elephant was breathing up and down, and she sat there, lied on the elephant for probably 20 or 30 seconds, and that moment of connection, right? We almost, we hear the opposite of addiction is connection, but we always think human beings only, but I watched all of us connect on a different level with elephants, and then another memory. I went to a 6 a.m. meeting while in on the Gold Coast in Australia, and I met this guy. Oh, I did an episode about it. What was his name? Anyways, after the meeting, so like 7.05, he's like, you want to go feed the seagulls? I'm like, and in my mind, I was like, you know, I've, I've got a busy day. I got to work. I don't have time. I'm too serious to go feed seagulls. So, but I said, yes. And, and, and he's like, hop on the back of my bike. So I get on his Harley. We drive to the beach. We feed seagulls for an hour and a half in the morning. The sun's coming up and I'm realizing, wait a second, life is not as serious as we make it out to be. That was a special moment. Feeding seagulls, just bread, seagulls, beach, nature. That's it. I like that. Sounds like you've been slowing down a lot in spite of all the traveling. There's been a lot of moments of just like fully submerging yourself in it and having fun. I mean, you said yes. And who knows, you didn't know what to expect and you were feeding seagulls. So rule number 22 right there. The cool part about it is you don't need to go anywhere to feed the seagulls. Well, maybe a beach, but there's other (laughs) birds. The point is uh, doves also like breadcrumbs. Birds just feed the birds. Just feed the birds. Just sit on a bench for a couple of hours. Sit on your stoop. Sit at home. I, I heard through the grapevine that you've been working on music again and possible doing a lot of new meditations. And like, what is, as part of your break, what is flowing through your creative mind? Do you have anything that you're working on or anything that you can share with us of things that have you excited right now? And part of this departure was almost a limiting belief that I had to leave recovery elevator and start a whole new project with this meditation, meditation music. And, and then you lift your head up and see it. And you're like, wait a second, this is more applicable to this audience than ever. So as I depart from alcohol, and this is great news for listeners, we often, th- well, double-edged sword here. We often think when we quit drinking that our hobbies and passions are going to come back day one. Well, that didn't happen for me and it does for some, But music has slowly been creeping back into my life for five years now, and it hasn't stopped. And I've I've learned Logic Pro. It's taken 15 hours of online instruction how to learn how to make meditation music. And I've put three of them on the Recovery Elevator website. I'm working on a craving meditation right now that, 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 that helps us shift the energy because cravings are bundles of energy inside that don't feel good. There's a blockage and we have to allow that energy to move. What happens where we confuse it is we insert a story. We say, oh my God, my boss, my boss is a dick. I need to drink because of this. But that's just narration. It's not, that's not what the craving is. And I'm also working on 3D meditations. That stuff where like I can be like, and now as you're walking down this path, 
focus on the birds to your right. And I can pan the birds to your right. You're going to hear the leaves crunching beneath your bare feet. So you're going to put yourself in an environment with these 3D meditations where you're almost there. You're going to, your body is going to be feeling the emotions before the future happens, right? So you're feeling your future self in the present moment. Now, you're almost training your body right now to feel your new future alcohol-free self in this moment now. It's, it's no different than running sprints. It's no different than weightlifting. You're practicing, you're conditioning the body and the mind. And the body and the mind are the same thing, basically. We often differentiate the two. That's the same thing for the most part. Um, so you're conditioning the body and mind to feel the future, but you're feeling it in this moment right now. And, and when we can raise our energies in this moment and the sweet spot of the present moment is this good, why would we ever want to leave the present moment? And in this present moment, that is not where your addiction leaves. As soon as your thoughts go to the past, as soon as those thoughts go to the future, that's where the addiction is housed. But if we're in this moment feeling that energy that's being raised, boom, we're on to something big. Wow, that sounds powerful and exciting. And, and I mean, just your tone of voice, you sound like you are learning and wanting to create, which is amazing, amazing news. And I'm glad you're asking for help on your other projects to create space for that. I know you've talked in the past about if you want to build something new, you have to make space for it. So it's cool to see you walk the walk and, and making space for all these new projects. Will, will listeners and us have access to this cool meditation 3D? I mean, I've never even tried one of those. Will, we, will you share this with us? Well, you, you better check your inbox because I'm sure I'm going to ask to be on the podcast every four to eight episodes or so. So absolutely. And I also want to dedicate time to YouTube and I want to somewhat incorporate both projects, bring listeners on, on this journey, right? Because some of these healing modalities, I've been around the, the recovery block. Like this is my job. I have, I feel like I know just about everything out there. And some of this stuff is, I haven't seen other people doing it. Um, and I, and I've, and there's sound healing, right? For like an E flat is the solar plexus. And I found that out first before it was later validated with, uh, with, with research, right? I'm going to use these, these tones, these frequencies to help us remove blockages internally in our body. The, the E flat, the E, all that stuff is solar plexus heavy. When we move, when we, when we almost chant with it and move that energy, you're going to feel so much better. So I want to invite you guys to come in on this journey with YouTube. I'm going to put them up there on Spotify, the MP3s, and I want feedback too, right? We're all, we're, we're kind of experimenting with this stuff together, me, you, Odette, and the listener. This is exciting. Yeah. Feel free to share with us. And I, I know you said you'll be wanting to come on the podcast, but on a more serious note, will listeners be hearing from you on the podcast? Can I have you as a guest? Do you have any plans to, to pop in during this podcast break? I have to like break your breaks now, like break from the podcast. Do you think you'll be able to chime in a little bit? I'm sure listeners will miss you. <laughs> Thank you. They've, they, but they've had 277 straight <laughs> weeks of me, but I will jump in if, if I'm allowed to for, for five minutes or 10 minutes or um, yes, I would love to be back, but I also want to give you space to to find your stride, right? Because um, that's how I had to learn. And you're, you're going to have ups and downs. And Odette, you're going to get emails from listeners. And you're going to read the email and you're going to say, I want to take my headphones off and I want to throw this microphone into the beach, into the bay in San Diego. You are. That's going to happen. But we need to let that happen. You're going to grow from those emails as well. Yeah. Grow from what you go through, right? And and I know that you're, you're trying to give space and ask for help. But I, I think that you 
making space and asking for help and creating all these new things for Recovery Elevator is also going to get the purpose and the mission further. Um, We've been talking about if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So I'm really excited for us, for the listeners, for the recovery community. I think some great things are going to come out of this. And thank you. How do you think I do? How was it, guys? (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's just frame this for what it is. You are creating space for me to work on other creative pursuits that are applicable to healing addictions, to applicable departing from addictions, just like you're doing. And we're both going to be building Cafe RE. We're both going to be building Recovery Elevator. And this panel that we've created, the committee, and in Cafe RE, there are so many more service projects that we have just came up with in the last two months, like 10 or 15 of them that didn't exist two months ago. And I do want to say the team behind Recovery Elevator is fantastic. You don't get to listen to them on the podcast. Maybe you don't know their faces, but Recovery Elevator is an amazing team. And I just want to shout out anyone who's volunteered help works with Paul works with recovery elevator because it takes a team to build this. And I just, it's amazing. I want to shout everyone out, everyone who's been a part of this. You you said the word movement earlier. And when you said it takes a team, this team, and we had our first panel meeting the other night, there was 15 of us that showed up on Monday night and not one person was a second late. We are all ready to go. There's full buy-in that they know they're part of something bigger than themselves, that they're part of a movement. Can you comment on that for a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's a force that's beyond our lives and that's beyond our context and our situations. You know, we all just plug into the same and, and we show up not just for each other, but we show up, yes, I'll, I'll call it a movement because that's what we're, what we're trying to do. We're being called to be of service in this way and, and to share and to have these genuine, authentic interactions. And we talked about bringing up ideas and no idea is too small or too dumb and being courageous enough to give feedback and receive feedback. You know, we're like Renee Brown says, and I quote her a lot and you know this, Paul, but we are throwing ourselves into the arena. You know, there's two groups of people, according to her, people who are sitting on the sidelines, watching the people inside of the arena and people who are like, you know what? I may get a beating, but I'm going to walk down and I'm going to walk into the arena. And it's powerful. It's powerful and it's very inspiring and motivating. I know that meeting was at night and then you said you had trouble going to bed because you felt like you just had a caffeine drink and, and I was just super energized as if I, as if I'd just working out or something because it just, it felt so good in the heart to just feel that support and that momentum forwards, right? And you got a poker face too on the meeting. I said, there's going to be a new voice that's going to take over the podcast and we're in zoom format. I look right at Odette. I'm like, please don't give it up. And you just couldn't even tell, like you weren't even listening. It was awesome. Um, But with this movement, once we get out of our story and it took me a while to get out of our story, people have a definitive moment when they say, Oh, wait a second. I need to be of assistance with this global movement. Do you recall when you hit that moment? Yeah, you know what? My dad is sober, and I've mentioned this in past interviews, and he's coming up on 11 years. So he's, he's been in this for a while. And Manda mis saludos a Carlos. Claro. He, uh, 
he's been to a recovery elevator retreat, by the way. He, he loves, he's the man. Yeah. He's such a good guy, Um, but he, he is an AA lover and he goes to a meeting every day. Still. I actually don't know if he's doing virtual meetings right now, but he was the one who kind of introduced the concept of service to me. And he didn't talk to me about the steps or anything like that. He just kind of dumbed it down for me and just said, someone put me in charge of the coffee when I was new so that I would just show up and so that I would be of service. And, and I do think that when we're overwhelmed and, and this is outside of the story that I was just saying, but when we are mostly overwhelmed serving and helping other people, I think it's either that or gratitude, stepping into gratitude or stepping into service will always get us outside of that overwhelm and into the now. And I just, I, I felt that I, I did grow up seeing that in my dad. He's, does a lot of service for the AA community. And I just, I just know how that feels. I, I am a mom and I just, I know how that feels when I, when I do it outside of recovery, when I do it with a friend, when I do it with a family member, with my kids, it's just a win-win. Odette, in the intro today, I spoke a little bit about where we can take this collectively, you, me, the listener, everybody. Where do you think that we can take this? Gosh, I mean, we can start small, like having this in Spanish. We just talked about this and we can go as big as traveling across the globe, service projects across the globe, uh, a retreat center, which I know it's been part of your bucket list, dream list, vision, whatever you want to call it. But this movement can be tangible in many ways. That's what I, I see it spreading. I see roots being planted and I just see it just growing in, in all the directions because there is no restriction to it, right? And there's room for everybody. And it's just, I, I said it at the meeting the other night, I wrote it on the chat while we were talking about helping each other out. It's like we're weaving this huge net together. We're all weaving. And if someone hops on and starts weaving next to you, cool. And maybe you're going to be without a partner next to you for a while, but then two people will be on the other end of the net weaving. And, and that's, just, that's just how it works. So I'm excited. I think the possibilities are endless to answer your question in very vague <laughs> loose answer. <laughs> well, it, it's really all beliefs are limiting. And sometimes when I think about the future of Recovery Elevator, I have a, an idea. And I'm like, wait a second, let's blast past that. Hasn't been done yet, but why not? Why not? And the world needs it, especially now. I know a lot of people are struggling during COVID, during this pandemic. I do think that we need to continue working on shredding the shame sharing our stories, offering our hand out to other people. And I do think that the modalities need to keep expanding. You know, recovery rates aren't that high, sadly. And in order for that to happen, we need to have more options, more solutions, more tools on the tool belt, because we are all so unique. Not everything's going to be the same for all of us. Some things work for some that don't work for others. And we just need to keep thinking about the goal being the same. And you may take a different path, but the goal is the same. And we just all want to help each other and, and, and be free and be free and held at the same time. I just heard that from Glennon Doyle recently. She said, love is feeling like you're free and held at the same time. Wow. And I loved that. Uh, before, I think we rapid fire around these questions on each other right here. Uh, what you said, Glennon Doyle's definition of love, uh, which is fantastic. And Eckhart Tolle says, Eckhart Tolle says, love is recognizing oneness in a world of duality. Oh, I love that one too. Yeah, such good definitions. Okay, Odette, here we go. Biggest light bulb moment. 
Biggest aha moment? Jeez, Louise. Biggest light bulb moment is that I can't accept myself if I don't start with myself and I can't ask for help if I'm not helping myself first. So of course, this is a community and I need help, but I also need myself first. And that's taken me a long time to understand. And I internally answer these questions every time. So 270 straight weeks, mine would be that we don't fight an addiction that has been trying to guide us and push us in a direction the whole time. And as soon as I embrace that, watch out big things happen. Rigged in your favor. That's it. Odette, favorite alcohol-free beverage. Oh my goodness. All the teas, but I do love any grapefruit, bubbling, sparkling water, and anything with ginger in it. I love me some good ginger beverage. There we go. This what about you, one, Paul? You know, I'm going to go cold tonic with square ice cubes and tiny cold peach slices. Yes. Ah. That's it. Odette, I understand you're a runner. What's on your bucket list in sobriety? A marathon that was canceled due to COVID will remain on my bucket list. <laughs> uh, that's on my bucket list. This was kind of on my bucket list, working in the – so I don't work in this field full-time like Paul does. And if I recall correctly, when we spoke during my six-month interview, we spoke about me really wanting to – step in more into this world and help more and work more here. So basically plug myself into the recovery world more has been on my bucket list and yeah, run that marathon whenever life is rigged in my favor. <laughs> what you seek is also seeking you. I feel like I'm finding a new home base. This is my bucket list answer right here. Bozeman, Montana has been an incredible spot, but there's just something inside that says we're going somewhere else. So I'm recording this in Colorado right now during COVID, during the quarantine, um, but perhaps Mexico. I love New Zealand, Australia, but that's it. I'm going to go find, uh, just follow the body. That's it. It's going to tell me where to go. Always All right, does. Odette, your favorite resources. Caferi, one of my favorites since day one. Love it. Grateful for it. Love Team Blue. Shout out. I think I'm not supposed to do that, but shout out to my group that I love so much. Um, <laughs> also, I do love some authors that I mention all the time, and I really hope I don't end up sound sounding like a broken record, but I love Eckhart Tolle's teaching, teachings, Pema Chodron. Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed, has really rocked my world in the last couple months. Yeah. And just friends, Marco Polo. I love Marco Polo. Um, it's a place where I get to talk with friends who don't necessarily live in San Diego, but that are an important part of my life outside of recovery as well. And yeah, that's about it. Mine are you, Cafe RE, the people, listeners, meditation has been huge. Yes. And no debt, parting piece of guidance, advice for those listening. What you resist persists. I've mm -hmm. been working on that one personally lately, and I just feel like when you feel like you're on the edge and the precipice is like right there, just stay there a little bit longer. You can always stay there a little bit longer. And I feel like we usually turn back when we're so close to something big, so close to things changing, so close to X, Y, but just stay, just stay, stay when it feels like you just want to run completely in the opposite direction. Stay when you want to resist. 
Mine is use the mind to locate the body and do your best to get out of the story in the head. Use the mind to find that discomfort in the solar plexus, the chest, the stomach area. Send your energies there and get out of the story up top. Odette, how you doing? I feel so good. What about you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm Ty. She doing okay. Ty's kind of, she doesn't have a mic hooked up right now, but Ty's going thumbs up. We're good. I think we're in good hands, listeners, with Odette. I think we're going to be okay. In fact, I recall your intro in the last podcast we did. I said, you guys, I have a feeling she's going to have a voice in the recovery, uh, the recovery scene in the future. And here we go. Wow. That was neat. That was very neat. Thank yeah. you. This was fun. It was. And you know what? You Usually after the interview, I do the closeout, but... I think you're gonna have to let me go right now. You you gotta like you're gonna do the closeout after this. You're gonna let me go right now. I don't Wait. even know what tagline I'm supposed to use. Well well we'll we'll cover that later, but you have to like let me go. You have to say thanks for joining us, Paul. This oh, this is rough. I didn't I didn't see this one coming actually. This is not a goodbye, Mr. Pablo. This is just a farewell. And just thank you. I hope that you find everything that you need and it's going to be amazing. I don't, I'm stuck. Well, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to get off the air anyways, but tell me about, tell me about Charlie, your dog you rescued from Tijuana. He's eight years old and he's my first child and he's loving COVID. He is the person that I know. Well, the dog that I know that is half human and also loves the quarantine and is clearly thriving. He's been napping on my couch every day for mm. the past 40 days as I'm working. I guess at this time in the interview, you say, Paul, thanks for joining us. Okay. And then okay. you say goodbye. So all try right. that out. Try that out. And, and okay. Ty will leave, leave all this in. Okay. Paul, well, I know this is a whirlwind. <laughs> okay, I'm going again, Ty. And Ty, Paul? we'll leave that in too. No. <laughs> we got to. Paul? Yes. Thanks for joining us. No problem. See you soon. No, that's okay. I'll stick. I'll, I'm still here. I don't want to leave. I mean, you got to at some point. What you resist persists. I mean, you can just click. Uh, oh, the damn exit. it. You see, listeners, she's good. You see, you see why she's on the podcast. So, all right, say it one more time. I think I can do this. Say, Paul, thanks for joining us. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay, let's try this. All right, Paul. Ready or not, I, I have to let you go. And was that a Fuji song? Were you singing a ready or not? Here I come. Was that it? Was that what you're doing there? Paul, on the count of three, who's going to hang up first? You're going to say it in Spanish or English? Vamonos. I'll say it in both. Una, dos, two, tres, three. Thank you for joining us, Paul. Uh, no, no problemo. Oh, this is tough. No hablo espanol. Odette. You got this. You have my full trust. And I know you are going to be dropping value bombs left and right. Go get it. Go make a dent in the recovery world. Go help people. Thank you so much for having me. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>